Hello and welcome to Women of Substance. I'm glad that you've joined me today. I'm excited about teaching a little bit. I just felt led of the Lord to bring some scriptures to you and hopefully some revelation knowledge and understanding. I uh, I know this is going to be a little <laughs> different, but um, as I was meditating mo- really months ago about this session, uh, I felt like the Lord said to teach on women of no substance and uh, from the Bible and uh, kind of cover the uh, negative, the maybe even evil side, <laughs> um, but certainly a contrary side to uh, what women can get into if they uh, really are get away from the word or, uh, you know, just decide they're not going to obey the Lord, or maybe even they're ignorant of the Bible. The Bible says sometimes my people perish for lack of knowledge. And then, of course, we know for rejecting knowledge. But sometimes we just don't know. And, And many times our behavior, we're just not aware of how we're behaving or how we're speaking or acting. Um, I know many times in my life where the Holy Spirit has helped me um, correct my actions and my words, and I didn't even really realize uh, how, um, it, you know, it wasn't pleasing to the Lord. It wasn't something that he wanted me to act like or, or even talk like. And my my life greatly improved when the Holy Spirit came in um, with instructions. And you know the 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 Holy Spirit's our guide. He he shows us the way. He guides us. He brings the word to us. The words, the scriptures that we need at that time. And so um, and and you know really if you if you think about it, um, you can learn what something is many times by knowing what it's not. In other words, uh, we'll bring up some of the characteristics today of what not to be, and it brings more light on what we should be in Christ and who we should be. Um, So we're going to get started here, and uh, we're going to first bring up a very famous evil woman in the Bible, in the Old Testament, called Jezebel. We'll start with Jezebel because she's pretty famous. Uh, She was uh, royalty, actually. She was a daughter of a king of Tyre before she married King Ahab. And uh, she did weaken Israel greatly because of decades of uh, wanting uh, other gods worshipped, mainly Baal, um, in the Hebrew community. So um, she really came against um, God's people and uh, was really evil. I mean, she was violent. She was pretty power hungry. She was, uh, uh, you know, not really a moral person. So there was idolatry and sexual immorality. And then you can also see some uh, greediness also in her life. she was definitely domineering. Um, you know, there there's uh, commentaries that say she she ruled King Ahab, and you can kind of see that from the word. You know, <laughs> and so um, I uh, see, you know, where that control in in her life came into to play, and um, 
I unfortunately have seen that through the years with with women, not every woman, but um, it can be a problem. And so we can, uh, again, submit ourselves to the word, yield ourselves to the Holy Ghost to help us with these negative behaviors. Um, and it helps us. You know, it's not just for others, although it is helpful to others as well. But many times control comes out of fear. And we don't want to be those who operate in fear. We want to be those who operate by faith. And the Bible says the just shall live by faith, not fear. So, again, hopefully we can glean some truths even from the life of Jezebel. So her story is told uh, from 1 Kings 16 all the way to 2 Kings 9. And of course, we won't read all of that, but you might want to um, just for sake of time. But um, there was a a famine. Elijah had just uh, challenged the prophets of Baal, which were 400 of them uh, were Jezebel's. 450 were uh, other prophets of Baal. So these were prophets that were challenged to this contest. and. you remember the story that uh, the prophets of Baal cried out to their God and nothing happened. Elijah prayed. He, he drenched the, uh, the uh, ditches with water and also all the uh, altar with water. And God sent fire from heaven, burned up all the sacrifices. And so then there was, um, uh, you know, a, identity of who was the real God. And uh, then, of course, Elijah then, by the sword, killed all these prophets, which made Jezebel very angry. And we see in First um, Kings 19 that she threatened Elijah then. And she said, I will read this part. This is First uh, Kings 19. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had slain all the prophets of Baal with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also if I make not your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. In other words, by this time tomorrow, you're going to be dead, Elijah. So Elijah was afraid he arose for his life. He went 80 miles away out of Jezebel's realm. And it says, this is the famous, you know, under the juniper tree where he said, I just want to die <laughs> after this huge victory and God showing up so beautifully. Uh, sometimes you, you you can get back into that emotional thing and say, you know, I'm done. I'm, I've had it. I want to die. And an angel came and uh, fed him. And he had a nap, which sometimes I think that's what we need at times is a nap and a snack. Right. But anyway, um, he got up and arose and then, um, you know, uh, went on with God and everything was was good. We we see there that God told him, you're not the only one left. There's seven thousand other prophets. So, um, you know, I'm sure he felt very alone, but he wasn't alone. And um, we see the horrible ending of Jezebel 
because she was thrown out of a window and her body was eaten by dogs in the street. So that's a horrible ending to to her horrible life. But a minister said years ago uh, that I heard, well, I didn't hear, but I heard the minister talk about this minister. And he said, if you live, if you live bad, you die bad and you go to hell. (laughs) So I don't know about all that. But I do know that there are consequences to living bad, badly, if you um, choose constantly the wrong things to do and say and the way to behave and you don't really listen to the spirit of God and obey the word, you're going to be reaping things that you don't want in your life. And, you know, thank God for his forgiveness. He loves you no matter what you do or no matter how you act. He loves you and he's for you. But um, we have a choice. We can either choose good or choose evil. And uh, thank God he get, he gave us a huge hint, choose good, <laughs> choose right. And we can do that by the help of the Holy Spirit and by the word of God. So this uh, Jezebel, of course, was uh, a, a bad example of what we should be. Um, she even had her neighbor uh, falsely accused and then sentenced to death. Naboth was his name because he wouldn't sell his vineyard to King Ahab. And King Ahab went to Jezebel and was whining about it. So Jezebel just had him falsely accused and uh, murdered. So, um, you know, this was the type of person that she was. So that teaches us not to be like Jezebel was, right? We don't want to be a Jezzy, as they say. (laughs) All right. Another woman in the in the word we see was Delilah. Remember Delilah, Samson and Delilah. Now, she was a a Philistine. And uh, again, she was royalty, uh, but she was something else. I'm telling you. And um, she had her husband uh, tell his secret of his strength that the Lord had told him not to cut his hair. and. so anyway, I love these Bible, sometimes the, the Bible stories that we watch, or maybe the old movies, maybe you saw Samson and Delilah years ago, it had Samson all muscular, like the Hulk, you know, but the strength of, of Samson wasn't his muscles, it was his hair, because once they, the hair was cut, he was weak, and they captured him, and they uh, mistreated him and abused him, of course. And then when his hair grew back, then, uh, you know, he killed uh, many more Philistines in his death than he ever did in his life. Um, And that's a wonderful story also in the Bible that you can read. But Delilah was treacherous. I mean, she um, betrayed him horribly. And um, the Bible says that he loved her. It never really said that she loved him. And I don't think she did because you don't act like that when you love somebody. So that's another uh, woman of no substance that we're talking about today. Now, I want to read this scripture um, in Proverbs 21, verse 9. It says, the wife who insists on on being a difficult person for her husband to live with starts arguments with her husband, absolutely impossible for him to win. It's um, a contentious woman is the word. And it's a life of strife. 
We don't want a life of strife. We don't want to be quarrelsome. Now, that doesn't mean, let me bring some balance to this. It doesn't mean that we don't have an opinion. It doesn't mean that we can't stand up for ourselves and uh, be right also. It, it doesn't mean that we have to be a doormat. Uh, I'm not talking about uh, that type of woman who is abused by her husband physically, mentally, and all those type things. I'm not talking about that person at all. Um, in fact, if you're in that, that category, you definitely need to get some help. You need to go to uh, a therapist, a counselor. If it's physical abuse, a police officer, you need to get some help because nobody le needs to live in that. Um, however, we don't need to be those who are always looking for um, uh to, or to be contrary, to be um, confrontational all the time and uh, quarrelsome. Um, let's look at Proverbs 25, Proverbs 25 and verse 24. Hopefully you're getting something out of this because it seems to be something that the Lord really wants us to focus on. And I've wondered because, you know, men can be quarrelsome. Men can be full of strife. It's not just women. So I've wondered at times why the Lord kind of emphasizes this for women. And then I realized one time when I was reading that women speak more words than men. I mean, almost twice as many words a day than men do. So I think <laughs> I think that we have to watch our words a little more carefully and um, watch what we're talking about and, and uh, the, the, you know, there's so much power in your words. So you don't need to release a lot of death words and sick words and poverty words and uh, complain, complaining and griping and all that, because it can get you into things that you don't want to get into. Uh, another uh, warning in the New Testament is gossip, that we're not supposed to be gossipers. And so, again, he, he, he pretty much talks to women about these things. And um, I believe it's because we do ha have more words, generally speaking, than men do. And I think, of course, that's for a purpose because we're really the social creatures, usually, in the family. And we have to communicate with our children and our grandchildren and uh, parents. Many times we're the caretakers. And so there, we have to have a lot of words. God made us that way, <laughs> but we need to watch our words and watch that we don't get in on the negative side of this. So look at Proverbs 25 and verse 24. It says, it is better to dwell in the corner of the housetop, like that's on the roof, on the housetop, than with a brawling woman in a wide house, in a wide house. I'm going to read this from the Amplified. It says, it's better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than to share a house with a disagreeing, quarrelsome, and scolding woman. <laughs> well, those are tough words, aren't they? But think about it. Would you want to live with a man in a house? Uh, even if it was, you know, it says a wide house, that means it could be a really nice big home, maybe even a, what we would call a mansion. But they, the, the spouse would rather live on the rooftop, exposed to weather, 
exposed to, um, you know, anim animals. I don't know what would something fly over the house. I don't know, but <laughs> outside than to live in a beautiful home with a quarrelsome, disagreeing, scolding person. And, and here it says woman. So again, I think that he's given us some helpful hints on uh, what we should do with our mouths. Now, I, over the years, I'm a senior citizen now, <laughs> so I have learned a few things. Uh, not everything. I know there is a lot to learn for me, but I have learned a couple of things. One thing I've learned is when I have a problem, um, when I have a situation that I know isn't right, that it's, you know, it makes me angry, makes me frustrated, whatever, uh, uh, maybe even anxious, but I know there's a situation like that. I have learned instead of uh, taking it out on someone else, whether it's your uh, you know, roommate or your husband, or maybe you live at home with your parents or your grandparents, whether rather than taking it out on someone else, if you're going through something, and we all do, we all go through situations that upset us, take that to the Lord in prayer. Take that situation to the Lord and do it first because God can help you with that. I'm not saying suppress your emotions and suppress your feelings and just ignore what you're feeling. Many times when we're anger, angry, it's fear. It's something going on that's made us afraid. Um, when we're frustrated, many times it's because we are doing too much or we're trying to uh, please others, or maybe even we have too high of expectation of what life should be. And so we get frustrated. Um, and, you know, there's many other uh, types of emotions. But um, what I'm saying is that if we take it to God in prayer, the Bible says, let your request be made known unto God and the God of peace. He will come in with his peace and he'll settle your heart and your mind. And many times then you'll see the answer to the situation that you're in, or God will intervene in some way and change the situation. He will either change it or he'll give you information, revelation of what you should do about it. And it's just so glorious when he does that because it's things, maybe some things we've not even thought about doing or, or saying, or, or maybe we're trying to fix it. And we don't need to fix it. We need to let God work and let him do what he does best um, and just step away. I know at times I have been that one that wanted to fix everything, fix, 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 fix everything for the kids, fix everything for the husband. And, um, you know, we really take people's dignity away from them when we try to step in and do it for them. When many times they need to figure it out for themselves and get a solution for themselves, and then produce um, the change that needs to be made by walking in that wisdom from God. When your children are little, of course, there's things you have to step in and do. I'm not talking about little children. I'm talking about children who get in their 20s and 30s, and 
it's time for you to step back and let them live their life and not encroach um, on their, like I said before, really you're encroaching on their dignity when you're trying to scold them or tell them how to do it or be disagreeable with them. We have to let them live and grow and live their life and uh, just take it to the Lord in prayer. He's so powerful. He can work in their lives just like he's worked in our lives. So let him take the burden off of you. And then you don't enter into that codependent lifestyle that's very unhealthy. All right, let's look at Proverbs 27. You ready for another scripture here? Proverbs 27 and verse 15, it says, A continual dropping in a very rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. (laughs) Now, you know, that's not. That's not any fun. A continual dripping. Um, We have, you know, recently had some days here where where we live that have been rainy days. Some of the days weren't like a downpour, but it was just sprinkle, 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 sprinkle. And it it makes you want, you want to go outside, but you know you can't. And, um, you know, don't want to get on the road, don't want to do this or that or the other because, you know, you have to get out. You don't want to get wet, but it's just an in-between, but it's enough to just drip, 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 drip. And so the Bible compares this to a contentious woman, a woman who is um, always wanting to feel, now this is interesting, feel like she is superior and that others don't ever do enough or or they don't do it properly like she would. Um, it's, uh, you know, someone who uh, is wanting, again, to dominate and have just a general anger. And I, I think that anger, of course, we're going to sense anger when we've been when we're going through some things, definitely. Uh, even grief can bring anger. You know, there's going to be ang- anger in our lives. But the Bible says, be angry and sin not. Be angry and sin not. So it's not bad to be angry. It's just what you do with the emotion, what you do with the anger that can hurt you because the wages of sin is death, and you're going to experience some part of that if you keep anger going. I mean, Proverbs says you shouldn't even make friends with an angry man. So you're going to be very isolated if you keep anger going in your life. People are not going to want to connect with you in friendship um, or in relationships. So we have to judge that anger and, and appropriately release it. Now, one way we can do that is through prayer. Sometimes I've gone to the Lord and said, I am so mad right now. (laughs) I mean, I'm just honest with the Lord. I am so angry right now at this particular person that I can't even say, I can't even talk. I'm so mad because of what they said. And and I'll say this, Lord, you heard them. You heard what they said. (laughs) They, you know, said this, that, and the other. and, And I'll just pour my heart out to God. 
And then the God of all peace, he comes in and many times he'll give a solution or uh, some enlightenment about that situation. Sometimes I had no idea until he shows me or showed me um, some of the uh, of, of really of his perspective of it. And his perspective is always right. It's called wisdom, seeing things the way God sees them. And so um, he'll 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 give you that. And that way it can relief, relieve that emotion. That's very dangerous. Uh, anger go, gone unchecked can be very dangerous. It can drive you uh, into addictions. It can drive you into, um, you know, even suicide, murderous thoughts. I mean, all kinds of things that you just don't want to dabble in that kind of darkness. Uh, so that's one way you can do it is to talk to God. And I believe that's always good to do. And then secondly, you can find a trusted friend or even a counselor or a pastor to talk to and um, release that anger. um, And, you know, again, so that it's not suppressed, it's released and um, you don't hurt people or even hurt yourself with that kind of emotion. All right. So. We see this Proverbs lady, God bless her. It's just um, really impossible to try to live with someone like that. I mean, I know you can, but it's very unhealthy and it can even bring um, mental or emotional sickness to you to deal with a person like that all the time. I was uh, thinking about uh, another woman, and we'll probably close with this. We don't need to go all day long, but I was thinking about another woman in the New Testament, and she is mentioned in Acts chapter 5, and her name is Sapphira. Do you remember Sapphira? Um, This is interesting because this is a a money issue here. Um, Many of the... uh, the apostles were selling their land and giving the money to the church. Um, kind of a move of God here, I believe, in this way. And um, we'll we'll see in Acts chapter 4 how Barnabas sold a field which belonged to him and brought the sum of money and laid it at the feet of the apostles. And Barnabas was called son of encouragement. And, you know, when you're blessing, even financially, when you're blessing the church or blessing people financially, that really encourages uh, your church to go forward or your pastor or it encourages other people when you, you know, you might compliment them and say, oh, you did a good job. But when you hand them some money, it's something about that transaction that really encourages them. And here Barnabas, in verse 36, he was called son of encouragement. Isn't that interesting? Just wanted to bring that out. But the next uh, chapter, chapter five, but a certain man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property and with his wife's knowledge and uh, convenience, he kept back and wrongfully appropriated some of the proceeds. This is amplified. 
bringing only a part and putting it at the feet of the apostles. So they had made a vow, a pledge to bring it all, and they kept back some of it, didn't tell anybody, pretended like they had given all of it. And uh, and Peter, verse 3, Peter said, Ananias, why had Satan filled your heart that you should lie to and attempt to deceive the Holy Spirit and should, in violation of your promise, withdraw secretly and appropriate to your own use part of the price of the sale of the land. He knew it by the Holy Ghost. He And so he questioned Ananias. And it says, as long as it remained unsold, it was not still, still your own. And even after it was sold, was that money at your disposal and under your control? Why then is it that you have proposed um, in your heart to do such a thing? How could you have the heart uh, to do such a deed? You have not simply lied to men, playing false and showing yourself utterly deceitful, but to God, lying to God and showing himself utterly deceitful. And upon hearing these words, Ananias fell down and died. The King James says that um, upon hearing these things, he fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came on all of them that heard these things. Now, I've heard, you know, through the years that, you know, God struck them dead, but it doesn't really say that. It says that he fell down and died. In other words, he fell down and gave up the ghost. So I think that um, there was some other things going on here besides God just striking them dead. I don't think that would happen. That's not my God anyway. <laughs> not not because I mean, when you're in Christ, praise the Lord. He's in you. And um, but I think that we can embarrass ourselves so badly at times or be so disappointed in ourselves. Um, you know, maybe that uh, just saying uh, another scenario, if Ananias would have said, you know, you're right. Here's the rest of the money. I'm so sorry. We, we got carried away with wanting a new car or something. <laughs> I know they wouldn't want a car back then, but. Uh, you know, something else was on our mind to do with this money. And you're right, Peter, and we're wrong. And, uh, you know, ask the Lord to, to uh, forgive me for lying to him. And, you know, if they had just owned up to it, I think it could have been much different here. But he didn't. He just died. And then here comes Sapphira. And she uh, came in later, evidently, you know, I don't know where she was at the nail salon or something. <laughs> just joking. Um, but she came in later and Peter said to her, tell me, did you sell the land for so much? And she said, yes. And she said, for so much. And Peter said to her, how could you two have agreed and conspired together to try to deceive the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of those who buried your husband at the door, they will carry you out also. And instantly she fell down at his feet. And the Bible says, yielded up the ghost. She yielded up the ghost. Now that tells me again that she gave up the ghost. Nobody killed her or murdered her, but she uh, fell down and died. And the young men entering found her dead and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And all the whole church and all the others who heard these things were appalled 
great awe and strange terror and dread seized them all. And then uh, we see the hands of the apostles, signs and wonders were performed, and uh, the Holy Spirit started moving there. Praise the Lord. So that lesson is, don't be a liar. Don't be a deceiver. Try to uh, uh, operate in the Holy Ghost and with the Spirit of Christ in truth. You know, the devil is called the father of lies. And um, if we get into a situation where we start lying, many times it's hard to quit. People kind of start believing their lies and they, they get more um, ex- ex- extravagant with them. And, you know, it, it can be um, an, an entrapment of the enemy if you get into lying. It's just better to speak the truth and to tell the truth, even if it means there's going to be some harm, there's going to be some hurt, there's going to be some embarrassment. Um, it's better to be on the side of the truth. The spirit of God is a spirit of truth. And so if that's been a problem in our lives, if we have gotten into a habit of telling lies, um, I heard one lady one time just shocked me. She said, now this is a, a smart doctorate degree woman who uh, had done real well in life and you you would you just wouldn't I was shocked when I heard this come out of her mouth she said well if I was on the witness stand and I didn't want to tell something I'd just lie about it and I'm thinking holy moly (laughs) we're supposed to tell the truth the whole truth nothing but the truth especially you know I mean all the time really that's the way we're supposed to do But when you put your hand on the Bible and swear that you're going to do that and then get up and lie, uh, you know, it's just contrary to your uh, to your your being, to your authenticity, to your genuineness. And I think it can cause a lot of problems internally and many problems as well externally. So we don't need to be liars. We don't need to be controlling manipulating liars. (laughs) And so um, these women, of course, um, are women of what we can say today, no substance, praise God. But um, I think they're put in the Bible for our admonition, for our uh, uh, teaching, for teaching us things and showing us things that don't need to be a part of our life. Amen. Well, I hope you got something out of this today. I hope you didn't get too down in the dumps with some of this. But, you know, it is the word and we we have to uh, look into the word to see. It's a mirror. And when we look into the word to see what it says, you know, if you if you look into uh, your bathroom mirror in the morning, it says to you what you need to do. (laughs) You need to. Uh, you just look there and it's a, and it says to you, comb your hair, <laughs> wash your face, brush your teeth. You know, it says these things to you. And uh, and that's what the, the word does. Many times it will correct us. It'll just uh, make those little uh, corrections that, of details in our life that really help us look better and help us act better. Um and then during the day, you might take your mirror out or you have, if you have a compact and just check your face, check your hair. And uh, again, that mirror is talking to you and saying what needs to be corrected, what needs to be done so that that you look appropriately. And that's what the word is always. Um, 
it, it can help us measure ourselves and um, really be the best we can be and get the best results, be the best example. And, and you know, we're not, none of us are perfect. We're not ever going to be just perfect until we get to heaven. But I'm telling you, it can be so uh, much better and improve our life so much when we look into the word of God and are changed from glory to glory. Hallelujah. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today. If you have, um, let us know about it. Email us. Let us know. Um, if you think someone you know should hear this teaching, then um, text them or call them. Let them know how to get their Women of Substance subscription. It's free, but we uh, would love to minister to them and help them as well. Until next time, God bless you. Thank you again for joining us. And I just want to let you know that these Women of Substance podcasts are the first and third Fridays of every month. So we do two a month just to encourage and empower you and inspire you. Tell other people about them when you listen to them and it means something to you. Let some other people know about it because we really want to get the word into women's hearts that they are significant, they're important to God, and they can do what he's called them to do. If you would like to donate to Women of Substance podcast, uh, we appreciate your support because it does cost finances to get these done, and we uh, appreciate any support. Uh, we've had probably about 30,000 listeners, and uh, it's just so exciting to hear people tell me, Scarlett, I, I heard this interview or I heard your teaching on this and it really helped me. It, it brought me to a place of faith when I was struggling or, you know, a situation that um, it, it got me through that situation. So um, if you would like to contribute also, you can do that by going to scarlethorton.com. Also, if you need prayer, uh, we would love for you to write prayer requests. We love to pray, and we love to pray for any needs that you have at office at scarletporton.com. Also, contact us. We have a Grace and Faith magazine that we put out usually once a quarter, and it gives information about Horton Ministries. My husband, David Horton, and I travel overseas a lot. We give reports of where we've been and the many people that have gotten saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, the miracles that God does. And I know that you would love to read that magazine as well. So let us know if you'd like it. And then we want to invite you, if you're in the Tampa Bay area on vacation, or maybe you live down here and you didn't know that there is a Word of Faith Grace Church called Grace Harvest Church, and it's in Holiday and uh, we would love to have you come. We have services uh, Sunday morning at 10 and Wednesday night at 7. So I know that you would love our church. Then also on our website, we have a lot of faith building resources. David has written some books and I've written a book and a workbook. And then we have some new books coming out very soon. So uh, these resources would help you. And they're uh, scarlethorton.com and you can go on and see those if you would like to purchase those. And then if you would like to book us for an event, any kind of conventions or conferences, we love to minister and travel and preach as well. So uh, we'd love to do that. 
again, if you need prayer, don't hesitate. We know God hears and answers prayer. God bless you.